Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hello. I can't hear you. There's two of us. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher's mic isn't working. Is it working now? Yes, yes it, it is. is. Okay. I went off Woo. and did a beautiful rant at the beginning of the show, and nobody heard me. So I'm, I'm really kind of sad about that. So anyhow, uh, let, this <laughs> let's talk CFL podcast episode number 259. Good evening, everybody, and happy Canada Day, or at least that was yesterday. Uh, we've been talking some football. We're going to talk some football. We're sorry about this. I'm, I'm having terrible, terrible technical difficulties with Blog Talk, and we've worse, lost the first 15 minutes of the show. Damn, I hate it when that happens. Okay, so um, I'm trying to get my schedule up and running here. Just uh, everything. I'm fighting with everything tonight, so let's see what's going on here. Alt A, make this 20, and go print. <coughs> Layout margins narrow. So how you guys doing tonight, Mark? How you doing, buddy? 
Doing good, doing good. Was out in the bush camping for a few days, enjoying the weekend, so. Yeah. Didn't yeah. catch a lot of football, caught a little bit on the radio, but internet was kind of interesting. Yeah, I heard it was a, well, I was kind of helping you a couple times. Yep. There's some interesting games. We had some upsets. Uh, Ottawa almost took out Calgary. That would have been a cool thing. Uh, Hamilton took out Winnipeg, and uh, Montreal took out the Riders. I mean, how many people (laughs) bet on that one, eh? Well, we know one did. Yeah, me. (laughs) Okay, so let's go on right on to the show. Will, you're talking. You're real quiet over there, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm yeah. doing good, and and sorry, the Ottawa game wasn't close. You might think oh. it was, but it wasn't close. It wow. wasn't close. Seven, the Stampeders is pressed the accelerator, and there you go. They won. Over. Okay. Oh, yeah, but, but you which know is what? Very, it, it which was... is very frustrating to watch that kind of football, okay? Very frustrating. What? Oh, well. What are you going to do? What was it? Let's see. It was uh, It was seven to ten at the end of the third quarter. I mean, that's yeah. just, you know, even at halftime, it was seven, six. I mean, that's boring football, you know? There's unless you're really a defensive happening. guy. Unless you're a defensive guy. I like to see defensive battles. So, Was it one or was it just a mess? Nah, you know what? Both teams were were not. They yeah. No, they had lots of penalties, lots and lots of penalties. So they just weren't on their games. That's all. But Pretty much, that's what it sounded like to me. It's all about okay. the wind, baby. It's all about the wind. Yes, I understand that, and you believe that too. Okay, let's talk some football here. Um, first game up, Ottawa Calgary. I guess that's what we're talking about, right? Uh, final score on this one was 35-31. No, that was Charles. Jeez. Uh, what was it? 24-14 for Calgary. 24-14. I've been out fencing all day today, so it's been a long, hard, brutal day for me. So, you know, everything's wonderful. Nothing better to fi- finish a day with a, talking football with your buddies. Okay, so um, you're at the game. Will, tell us about it. It was boring. <laughs> it was boring. No, it was it was okay. You know what? It was a it was a nice night. Um, it was supposed to rain. It didn't rain, and then the last six minutes of the game, it just rained like a son of a gun, which is what all the action happened to be quite honest. And uh, you know what? Calgary's offense sucked. Bo Levi Mitchell sucked. Their receivers sucked. Uh, running games, everybody sucked in general. Um, but uh, their defense came to play, and they stopped Ottawa. And I guess Calgary's offense was good enough to score more points than Ottawa's offense, and so they won the game. There's not much more I can say about that. Calgary is three and zero, and I'm not. I'm not really putting anything into this season until after the first five games, because I do believe Calgary plays all Eastern teams for the first five games. So if they don't win all five of those games, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be in the CFL. It's pretty simple. Yeah. So uh, yeah, overall, 
the crowd was a little disappointing because there was rumors that it was going to rain out, so that that means most people don't show up. Um, I don't know what the official attendance was, but I'm sure it wasn't that great. So, I mean, the, the Stampeders, you know, we won't be able to tell what the Stampeders are like as a team until the Grey Cup because they play... They play the Red Blacks next, then they play the Alouettes, then they play the Rough Riders, then they play the Lions, and then they play the Rough Riders again. So, you know what? We'll see what happens. So the official attendance was 23,454. Which is pathetic, in my opinion. Yeah, I happen to agree with you. You know, it was a Thursday night game before the long weekend. I guess a lot of people go away on the Thursday, but you know what? You can find excuses for everything. And uh, there was just, uh, you know, not that many people there. So I was there. That's what counts. Yeah. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? So, I mean, tell me about the game. You didn't say anything about the game. You know, you said Bo Levi sucked. Was he just, like, not playing football in here, or what's going on? No, he was off. He was off just like the first game. Um, against Hamilton, he was off, and I don't know if that is him or his receivers. It's hard to say. Um, yeah, he was off. He was missing guys, and and sure things weren't happening, and and he was off. Pretty simple. And and there was there was rumors in Calgary that uh, Dave Dickinson did a whole lot of screaming the week before the game because nobody was into it because, of course, right after that game they had the bye week and guys are starting thinking about that. And, you know, I guess they look forward when it's the third game of the season. You can't really, you know, does it really matter that much? So, so yeah, overall the game was kind of boring. And I don't usually say that about football, but for me it was kind of boring. Okay, wow. So, Mark. Were you in town for this one, or did you take a look at it, or what's up? No, I was out of town for it, but I did have it on the radio, so I was able to listen to it that way. Um, for me, during the game, there was three things. Two of them were 100% Calgary's defense outplayed Ottawa all over the field. You look at the Micah Johnson interception that gave Calgary the short field, and they were able to punch it in. So there's a quick seven. And then the Chiante Evans stop on the goal line. Textbook, textbook tackle on how to do it properly. He stood him straight up and put him straight down on the ground so that he couldn't even get an extra inch, never mind the half yard he needed to break the plane. And Trevor Harris is Trevor Harris. He's great between the 30s. He was really mediocre from what I heard from listening to the game. And why they didn't just keep giving the ball to Powell. He had 130 yards rushing. He only ran the ball 13 times. You give him the ball 25 times, he's going to have close to 200 yards. And you're chewing up the clock. Calgary won it on those two quick touchdowns at the end. They just pulled away. You know, no, Bo, Bo Levi hasn't looked that good, but hey, they're three and zero. Once again, they're tops in the CFL, and it is like Will says, it's about winning. 
but really the defense won that game. That's about it. Okay. Yeah, I was just bored stupid. I don't think I even watched the whole game. It was just like, oh, my God, it's nauseating. Um, I'm sorry. I, I just I was literally bored. I, I, I honestly thought Calgary, uh, Ottawa's going to win, and I'm watching the end of it, and I'm going – I thought I'd watch the fourth quarter, and I just said, oh, geez, Calgary's moving ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. Okay, goodbye. Um, it's football. Yeah, I know it's football and we should be watching every single game and every single minute of it, but man, I was falling asleep and, uh, okay. Anyhow, it was a final score of Calgary 24, Ottawa 14. Uh, everybody picked, uh, Calgary to win except for me, CJ. I picked Ottawa in the upset and, uh, it was (coughs) close, but it didn't happen. Uh, Charles was 35-31, Will 42-12, Mark 27-22, and Chris picked 38-32. Mark, you're the closest one, 11 points off. So you're the winner there, buddy. Yeah. Two on the year. Two on the year, yeah. There you go. Not a bad day, not a bad day. Second game, oh, this was a masterpiece, wasn't it? Winnipeg coming over to <laughs> Hamilton to play the Ticats, and the Ticats spanking them. And because I don't know what else to call it, because even Brandon Banks looked good in this game. I mean, oh, my God. For me to say that, that's disgusting. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know what happened. It, it was Strievler finally come back to earth, or because – you know, he, I just did, never did see him as, as like the second coming that everybody in Winnipeg was ranting and raving about this guy is, oh, my God, is Nichols even going to get a job when he comes back? What was that based on? Because, okay, they put up some points on on Montreal, and Montreal played pathetic. Uh, and, and so Winnipeg took it away from them. But anyhow, this final score was 31-17 for Hamilton. Winnipeg went down in defeat. Uh, Mark, what'd you, you, did you get a chance to listen to this game while you're out? I hope so. Oh, yeah, no, I listened to every painful minute of it. Really, oh, so- the game came down to somebody needs to take the soft zone coverage away from Richie Hall and never give it back. That soft zone he plays just... Unless you get a real quick in on the quarterback, you just you can't defend it. It's just too hard to defend if Masoli got time, and he got time, especially in the third quarter. Streffler played okay in the first half. You know, his numbers aren't amazingly great, like 54%, I think 150 yards passing or something, which mostly was in the fourth quarter. But I still, I'm fine with him as a backup going forward, and I've said that all along. Not at any time would I say he's taking Nichols' spot. That's just not going to happen. For a raw rookie, I think, yeah, he hit the wall. He finally came up against a good defense. Hamilton's a lot better than we've given them credit for. C.J. Gable is playing at the top of his game right now. Brandon Banks is playing well. Yep. So, you know, Winnipeg just hang on. C.J. Gable? He plays for Edmonton, Mark. He plays for Edmonton. I was thinking somebody. I don't have my phone in front of me. I was thinking somebody else. 
I uh, it was uh, Thomas Erlington. Yes, Erlington. Yeah, that's it. Eleven carries, yeah. ninety-two yards. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. I've never heard of the kid. Some okay. Canadian kid. That... He's Canadian. You got a quarterback that's uh, that's struggling here with Chris Streeler. He's a rookie. This is his third start. This is his third game, and he's. He's currently at, you know, 56% passing for this game at 17 for 30 for 146 yards. Why is Andrew Harris only running the ball 14 times? Because they got so far behind in the third quarter. But they didn't. They didn't. It was 7-7 at the end of the first quarter, and it was they were behind by six points at halftime. So the first half of the game, they were not behind by more than what they could do. Nope. Yeah, granted, Hamilton put 15 points up on the board on the third quarter. Uh, but why not rush Andrew Harris? Why were they not running oh, this guy me. right from the opening kickoff? Mm-hmm. They were getting yards up the middle in the first half with him. They kept trying him on the outside, which is Lapolis loves the outside runs. He loves the sweeps. But uh, they weren't getting yards there, and they just didn't punch the ball up the middle enough. I mean, your leading receiver is Dressler for six catches for 55 yards? Come on. Yep. Got Dressler, yep. Bowman, Dembski, Andrew Harris. What the hell was going on in this game? It just it didn't make sense from, to me. No, From the sound of it, Hamilton fully took away the short pass, the six- and seven-yard medium routes. They took those away completely. And I guess they just the guy Bowman and that couldn't Bowman couldn't get open. Just what I think it was what it comes down to. And okay. their defense did what our defense does. Gives up way too many yards in the air. Way too many. Now they did cut it down a little bit this time, or under four hundred yards at least. Yeah, three hundred and sixty nine. Yeah, I must only played great. He played a great game. They're a lot better than what we've given them credit for. I think they're showing that they're going to be the team to beat in the East for sure now. I think so. I think yeah. so. Masoli has taken the team over. They got rid of one guy, and look at the improvement in that team. It's amazing. I mean, Ottawa didn't play bad against Calgary. Ottawa's, you know, you know, they were they're one and one for the season, so you can't really write them off and say that Hamilton's going to walk all over them. So we don't know what's going to happen there yet. Toronto's just not performing worse shit. So fortunately, they had a bye this week. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, William. Yeah, I will quickly say that it with Hamilton, it's the same as when it was with Winnipeg. They had all those losses in a row, and then they started winning, and they brought these new kids in. And all of a sudden, these kids hadn't lost a game. And that's what's happening in Hamilton now. All these kids from the middle of last season. They're playing on a well, damn good football team. It's since, all, you know, confidence. Since the day they removed Kent Austin and brought in June Jones. Yep. They went 6-4 and, and four the back guys, end of last season, and now they're doing just, what, 1-1 uh, one and one or 2-1 two and one this season? 2-1 yep. and one this season so far. And, and Hard to argue. That's huge. Yep. That's huge, and they're yep. playing Western teams. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It would be different. It would be different if they were playing like Montreal and shit, but they're not. They're playing. Go ahead. Okay. William. Yes, watch I the- watched the game. I watched every painful minute of the game. <laughs> 
You know, Jeremiah Mazzoli is a good quarterback, no doubt about it. And it's amazing when a guy gets a little bit of confidence, you know, just a little bit, and then all of a sudden he gets more, and he gets more, and he rips that crack open, and the guy looks like a superstar, okay? And uh, that team is a pretty good football team. But I, I wonder what the difference is when you're down by six points at halftime or whatever Winnipeg was, and one team goes into the dressing room and says, okay, guys, let's win this, and the other team says, well, we're doing okay, but – and then they just didn't come out in the second half. And, I mean, I saw I, – I still like Chris Drebler. I think if you think about all the backup quarterbacks around the league, he's probably done the best out of some guys that have been around for a while. So, you know, you take the Brandon Bridges and you take uh, – um, what's his name from Toronto who filled in for Ricky Ray? They didn't look overly impressive. James Franklin. So, James Franklin. I mean, you know, I I don't know what's going on with Winnipeg. I have a sneaky suspicion. I'm not going to pick them very much this year because they have all the players you need on defense, and the defense just hasn't happened yet. And to me, that screams system. And you know how much of a fan of Richie Hall I am. But Mark promised me Richie Hall wasn't as involved with the defense exactly. this year. Well, I guess, and it's I guess he is. is. I, I guess he is this. because they're getting points scored on him left, right, and center. Okay? I will and say this. Apparently, Jeff Coat and O'Shea got into it during on the sidelines during the game. And tomorrow's practice, first practice back, has been closed. Is what? I, I tomorrow. So I'm, I'm thinking O'Shea is going to be losing his mind all practice. Well, I, I just I don't get it. Winnipeg's a good team, but you know what, Hamilton? When Hamilton came to Calgary, they did impress me. Okay, um, I think Calgary's a better team. That's why they won. But Hamilton did impress me, and I think they're going to win a lot of football games this year. And they showed because they dominated Winnipeg in the second half. Um, well, they're, they're mean, two and one on the season, and all three games are yep. against Western teams, and they're they're one losses to Calgary. I mean, and they played extremely well against Calgary. So, and quite you know, truthfully, at the beginning at the beginning of the year, I expected them to be zero and five right now, or zero and five for the first five games because they played yeah. Edmonton, they played teams. Calgary, they played right Winnipeg. Okay, these guys are all. We all said the West was going to be close this year, and these teams were powerhouses. Well. Hamilton has beat Edmonton and, and Winnipeg. You know, two of the top teams in the West. So, Hamilton is for real. So, um, you, you can't say anything. I just think Hamilton played better. And, yeah, Winnipeg, it might have been made a difference if they had a starting quarterback, but they didn't. So, you got to live with that. And, uh you know, I still think the problem is on defense, and it's their defensive system. And it makes me old fast because they have some great players on that defense. And it's just not happening. I mean, how, you know, I thought Adam Big Hill would make a huge difference. He hasn't. And so it has to be the system. It He's a leading tackler the on the team. Yeah, that's nice. But Taylor, Taylor Lockwood this year is a non-event, isn't he? 
Uh, well, yeah, Taylor Loeffler, I, I thought uh, his first year was his best year, and I haven't seen much from him since. And the that, only thing I got to say me. to you, you guys, is there's a reason why these guys aren't playing for BC anymore. Ha! Huh. Oh, please. Not that BC is do doing mean? much better, but they are ahead of them in the standings. <sighs> I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know, Mark. I mean, 31, uh, first game was 30. What was, I mean, they've led in 70 points in the first three games, I think. Yeah, and they only Calgary, gave up Or Winnipeg. Right, yeah. so Seven, 70 points. points, but they gave up. You're not going to win football games if you're giving up 30 points a game. Especially with their rookie. I'm sorry. Right, so... I mean, something's got to happen there, and uh, it's it, the the saving the saving grace for Winnipeg is Saskatchewan and sorry BC ain't that good this year, and I don't even think Edmonton's that good this year. So, you know, but uh, like I said, it is early in the year; adjustments will be made. That's for sure. I've and they all should along be. Of- I've said all along, if Winnipeg is around 500 when Nichols comes back, I'm thrilled. Yeah, well, they're not there now. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Good, good, thanks. Uh, it's good to be here. I uh, had an unexpected meeting, and I just got out of it, so a little late, but not too bad. <laughs> it's okay. We've already gone over the Calgary-Ottawa game. We're in the middle yep. of the Winnipeg-Hamilton game. Chris, uh, Mark and Will have already gone. Uh, can I throw you to the wolves and uh, ask you if you saw the game and how do you what what do you think here? I did we're, see the we're game. Picking, uh, we're picking on Winnipeg defense basically is what it is right now. You can't really pick on uh, Strebler for his performance. He's a three-game rookie quarterback, so it's it was time for the defense to step up and they just didn't do it. And Hamilton is a real deal this year. That's basically the synopsis of what we've said so far. Well, I, I still say that there's at least four teams in the league that have huge question marks on their secondary. I I I think everybody's got a fairly front, solid front seven, if not front four. Um, you're seeing some of the run games get control, but you're seeing a lot of it being <coughs> controlled to a decent amount. Um, I think it's the secondaries of about four teams that are very, very questionable, and it, it shows. And I, it showed in Winnipeg. I I have no doubts. And, I mean, I think Toronto, Hamilton's got an issue there too, but I just don't think he got taken advantage of in that game uh, just because, obviously, Shriveler finally it – it's catching up with him, right? He's a three-game rookie. And uh, I think we've seen lots of rookies that came into the, the pitcher and had very good first one or two or three games – and he's not, he wasn't bad. He's just, he's a rookie. He's, it is, it's going to be what it's going to be until Matt comes back or until he gets that more experience going. Um, but yeah, I think Montreal's got to really worry about their secondary. I, uh, to be honest with you, I think Hamilton does too, but uh, yeah, there it's not, they're not the only teams out there. There's some really big question marks on some secondaries, which I find very surprising that, that teams have gone into the season with, with uh, with that that aspect of their them not being tightened up, or at least try to be addressed as best as they can, because boy, 
it goes to show you like uh, last year was the year of the catch or whatever. And this year it's, it's going to be the year of the bad uh, secondaries because it's, it's hurting lots of teams right now. And uh, maybe there's a big uh, void of DBs that are out there, but we know there are guys out there, but man, it just surprised me when I watched those games. I, I was, I was happy with the game. I, I thought it went uh, fairly well. Um, I like uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli's, quickly becoming one of my favorite quarterbacks and I think he wouldn't look good in other systems but he's definitely fit for that system so I think Mazzoli needs to get traded if he's ever going to see the field because I don't think Mazzoli gives it up I think he's got it made there and Manziel you mean show us what he's got Manziel, Manziel. Yeah. yeah if he wants yeah, to Manziel. see the field he's got to get traded yeah because yeah. I think Mazzoli's got control of that and he's not giving it up he looks too good he looks too good yeah, not his arguing hindrance, His biggest hindrance is the size of his receiving core, and at least he's got Sanders. I mean, and that's why I think Sanders is seeing so much uh, throws his way is just because he's the tallest one. The rest of them, they get the ball up there open. And, I mean, Banks, it's a speed, right? Lots of times Banks can get wide open, but if it's contested, it definitely is hard for those littler guys to get up and get him. So, that was a good well, game. I enjoyed Banks- it. Just as an argument for Banks, and because I, I, I just like the guy so much, he played a decent game here. 11 catches for 111 yards, but only 29 yards and yak yards. So he was actually yeah. he's catching the ball. I mean, it's not dump passes and then him speeding up the sidelines like he normally does, right? At yeah, he's 10 beating yards them average the per play. I mean, he, got, he averaged the first down. No, no, I thought he had a better game than last time for sure. Um, and again, don't get me wrong, I, 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 as of you, I highly dislike him as a player, a person too, but he, he had a good game. I, I just, I think their their size is going to hurt them. One of those guys is going to get hurt, getting hit, and they're going to lose some of those guys because they're just, they're just smaller, right? It's hard yeah. for them. Oh, and by the way, did you guys all catch the uh, one play call where the uh, – the actual uh, name of the play was uh, Hobbit, and the pass went to Dressler. You think that's coincidence or what? <laughs> well, you mean so you I know that the there was the a Hobbit. few of those kind of calls. There was another one that was like "fuck it" or something. Or <laughs> I yeah. couldn't catch any of it, obviously, on the radio. But well, the one, the one, the one I got loud and clear was it was like three eighty-seven Hobbit. And the pass was actually designated to Dressler, so I guess he's got, he, he takes his height fairly uh, nonchalantly too, so he couldn't be too upset about being called short. <laughs> there you go. That, that's actually kind of funny. Okay, yeah. so final score was 31-17 for the Hamilton Tiger Cats over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Will and Mark both picked the Bombers to win. You guys were eliminated in that. Uh, Charles went 28-14, was out by 10 points. Chris, you were 30-25, out by nine points. And mm. CJ was 31-28, out by 11 points. Chris, you won this one. There you go. Woo. Nine, Actually, 10, 11. My I mean, that was close. <laughs> we were so close on all of those scores. Yeah. Okay. Now, this this next game here, just... I have not got anything good to say about this BC-Edmonton game. You know, BC is not that good a team. I admit that, okay? And they need to do what they have to do to win and whatever they can and and, and everything else. But it's impossible to beat a team when you also have to beat the officials. And 
it was absolutely disgusting, the officiating in this game. Not only did they call a phantom um, horse collar on him, but which got overturned by the command center, but then they just fabricated another unnecessary roughness call on Solly. And yeah, maybe there was, but why didn't it get called in the original uh, call and de- get declined or do something? It just didn't happen. And whether or not it existed, you can't just fabricate something later on. This, it, it, that was so hokey. That was so Bush League. I, I don't understand it. And there were some terrible, terrible calls that went against BC's way, including the command center, Jake Ireland, Hayton, or Jake Ireland always takes the Edmonton Eskimos. No problems there. Understand it. Piss me off. I didn't like the game. It was terrible. And uh, BC held themselves in there for quite a time, and then Edmonton just kind of stomped away. Uh, I don't know. I'm just beside myself on this game. It just was terrible. Um, William, you go ahead with this one. Well, I got a feeling I'm not picking BC anymore this year either. Sorry. You know, once again, and, and, and maybe Chris can speak, I don't understand. It's close at halftime, and you go into the dressing room, and one team comes out at halftime, after halftime, and dominates. Do they have better coaching? Do they make better adjustments? Or do they take the first half off and decide that, hey, okay, now it's time to play. Let's, let's, let's beat these guys. Because BC looked okay. They're not that good of a football team. I'll admit that, too. But Edmonton, I don't think, is that good of a football team either. I mean, uh, if, no. you, if, you look at, if you look at the standing so far this year, you got to pick, I think you got to pick Calgary and Hamilton as the number one and two team in the CFL right now. It's hard not to. It is, because Hamilton's beat Edmonton, they beat Winnipeg, and, and so BC, I think because of the quarterback problems in the West now, I think BC might be right there in the West to get a playoff spot. You never know. Um, but it's, I, I think you got Calgary and Edmonton, and then you got everybody else right now. So um, I watched the game. I mean, I thought it was, I, I expected more out of BC in the second half, and it didn't happen. And Edmonton ran away with it. So, well, BC, I mean, it BC wasn't was up in, four, 14 to 2 at one point in time, right? 14 to 2. That is correct. It should have been, should have been 28. It, I mean, it absolutely should have been 28. They just they couldn't complete, couldn't finish. And then Ed, uh, Edmonton, what happens? Odell Willis is talking, uh, talking smack about destroying Mike Riley. He gets in there and he gets one great hit on Riley just as he releases the ball. And it's like he woke Mike Riley up because the guy went on a fucking terror after that and destroyed him. And Mike Riley can do that. 15 unanswered points in in the latter part of the second quarter, and he just continued for the rest of the game. That's what happened in this game. It wasn't one team came out of the dressing room better. They woke Mike Riley up in the second quarter, and it was game over. He was you know, like that old, he was sleepwalking through the first quarter in this game. There, there's there's that old saying: you don't want to wake up a giant or a monster because look out what happens. Don't and, poke the bear with Mike a sharp Riley, stick. Mike Riley in the second half was fantastic. So yeah, I mean uh, yeah, but hey, BC lost. 
and I picked them again. So, well, I picked what them can too, you do? So don't feel that bad. Yeah, I know. Chris. But it doesn't matter. Talk to so me about this I'll game. never pick it. I'll never pick cool. Edmonton, so. No, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I, I, to answer Will's question, I think I would say from past experiences, after halftime <clears throat> changes, is 80% coaching, 20% players. Um, most of the time, it's a coaching staff going in, having some time to diagnose what happened. Because you, you'd say that if they were that good, they'd do it on the field, but it's hard when the play is going on because you, you're sticking to what your plan was, and it's very hard to change from that plan on the fly. But that 15 minutes where you get to just calm down and go, okay, this is what we need to change, that's usually what happens when you see a change like that is that the coaching staff picks something up, they translate it to the players in a controlled situation in, in the dressing room where they can focus on it, and then they go out and, and do it. And then there's a 20% of the time where the players just go in and go, hey, listen, we played like crap, let's go out and play better, and they do. And they stick with what they did or they make slight adjustments, and it's the players just going to town. This one was definitely a player going to town because, like, as you were, you're, you're dead on, Mike Riley just decided to, hey, I'm going to win this game. Because <laughs> whether he, cause he got hit and he got mad or whatever, it's definitely a switch there. Because his receivers didn't change what they were doing. That didn't change. It was just Mike Riley started hitting them, and, and there was not so many misses and drops, and they just decided to start playing. So, I mean, I, I don't ever try to pick on the refs a lot. I think that this weekend was a little rough for a couple of the games. This one was definitely one of them that was really bad. Um, and I'm not a BC fan. <laughs> um, I'm a football fan, and uh, I didn't have anything. I was cheering for Edmonton, but yeah, the the refing in this one was really, was really not that good. And I wasn't overly thrilled about the uh, Calgary Ottawa game either. Um, and not a, being a homer, I just think Croker was being way too aggressive with what they were calling in that game, and uh, it was kind of silly. And it slows the game down, and I kind of I, – I just don't like it when the, the – the refs, the ideal refing should be that they don't have an effect on the game. They just control the game. And those games were definitely affected by the refing, without a doubt, what, what, no matter who you were cheering for. Um, you have to just accept that that was a reality there. Um, I think that they both have big issues in their Ds. Uh, again, I think that Edmonton's secondary is very questionable. Their run defense is great but their front seven's good, but their back is questionable. And I think BC is one of the few teams that has a question mark in, in all of it. I mean, they got run over hard. They didn't – Sully just didn't look like he was there at all. Um, their front seven's questionable, and their secondary is, oh. Did, I mean, could you not ever tell that Young used to play for Edmonton and they knew how bad he was? Because they just went after that poor boy to the point where he got pulled. Like – you don't see that very often. <laughs> and uh, if that's the best you got in that spot, then you're in trouble, boy, because they just ate young alive. Um, I thought Rose did better when they put him in, so hopefully they stay with that switch. But uh, it definitely was a interesting game, if not really overly entertaining. Um, but in the end, yeah, Edmonton won, and that's who I was cheering for. So I enjoyed that, but... Uh, it definitely took a while for that game to go going, and I guess so did a couple of the other games. They were they all they all started a little slow. They weren't big shootouts like I thought they might be, but they were at least closer games, and they weren't blowouts. So. Yeah, the, but you know the, the the officiating, you know that that penalty on Sol, he put it first and goal on the one when BC had stopped Edmonton. 
and they were going to yeah, turn the ball no, over. And I mean, that, that, that was just ludicrous. That was just absolutely pathetic. I got no yeah, other I thought that. The thing that stuck out for me most in most of the games, there was some brutal, brutal holding calls that, in my opinion, should never have been holding. And it happened throughout the, all of the games. I was watching yeah. it, and, and, and TSN seemed to concentrate on them because some of them were ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it was not a great – it was not a stellar weekend for roughing, let's put it that way. And I usually don't pick on the refs, but it was definitely a challenge in more than just one game <laughs> to watch. <laughs> okay, Mark, what's up with you on this one? You listened to this one? Yes. No. And you were having problems with the reception because I was giving you updates as it was going on. And yeah, I, no, just... I had virtually no reception that day. It was too sunny. I get, Turned to, you get better reception in the bush when it's cloudy out. Um, but from, from your stuff and then just from reading the stats and seeing the highlights, um, really it goes to play calling. Jeremiah Johnson, 11, he touched the ball 13, uh, 12 times. Yep. He's 12 times? You know, we were just talking about Harris not getting the ball. Between yeah. runs and passes, 12 touches. It's just ridiculous. That's Gahari Jones-style play calling. Now, I know that they got behind, but they didn't get behind until, what, halfway, three-quarters of the way through the second quarter. Yeah. You know, they were badly outscored in the three quarters. It was 39-11 to 11 in the three quarters, second, third, and fourth. But, so, yeah, you know, Edmonton did start pulling away with it. But still in the first half, you got to run the ball more or at least get them a screen pass or a short out, something. 13 times the entire game? It's That's just bad play calling. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, C.J. Gable had 25 carry touches, right? Was yeah, 170 he, he yards. Just ripped it that's off. what you expect. Yeah, he ripped that's it off. what you expect from him. Yeah. And you know, you'd made the comment about the all the guys that Winnipeg has from BC, and that's why we're not very good. Well, the, the guys that that have the guys that have been replaced. Well, here comes the dig. The guys that they've replaced those bodies with are backups at best. Oh, not arguing. Yeah. Not, not arguing. Surprising me is, the one that's surprising me is TJ Lee. I thought he'd be a lot better. You know, he's become, kind of, what is this, this, two and a half years he's been with the team? Three years? Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised he isn't playing a lot better. He got burnt a couple of times again. Not as much as the guy that we're going to be talking about coming up in the next game, but, but it was a it was a nice uh, nice interception by TJ. Yeah, yeah, no, deflection he, off the other hand. I mean, right, place, right time. Yeah, he is definitely the best they have on the team right now. Um, they did not replace their their D backs and that with quality players. They went and got young. You know, they got younger, but ooh. There's going to be some problems there. And to get that many rushing yards against a damn good linebacking crew is very surprising. Yeah. yeah. And Jennings does what Jennings does. Well, no. In what capacity? He 
again, is good. He's like Nichols. But it, it's field goals now. He's getting up there. Getting it's between the, the twenty-five. Yeah, he just he just wasn't on the mark. Um, I I don't know what to say about about Jennings, but I mean you can't blame that last the interception for him, which was the nope. hail mary at the end of the first half. No, no, not at all. He's actually you done know. a very good job this year protecting the ball a lot better. Yeah, I know well, they've only played a couple of games, but still, usually three or four games into the season, he's way up there at interceptions. So he's done a really good job at stopping that so far. Well, when you're talking about the play call with uh, not running a lot, the one thing I would say, too, that I noticed that I had said in previous games was an improvement was that ball control medium to short passing game. What I really noticed about this game is as soon as they got down, Jennings went right back to that gunslinger throwing everything yep. freaking 60 yards down the field. And that's not a strength of his. It isn't. It doesn't play well. Those are 50-50 balls at best. Yeah, well, if not. It, it, it's a fifty-fifty. Yeah. It's going to be intercepted. Yeah, like it's just. I, I just thought he he lost. He went back to his old ways, and they didn't run the ball, and they just let him huck it like crazy. And it was just, it just looked bad, and it, and it showed, right? Like it didn't. The other games they were doing ball control stuff, and Jennings looked good, but this one was just right back to the old last year. Friggin' throw it down the field as far as you can, and hope somebody catches it. Now that's horrible. I'm okay with the last game, last play of the, the the half, trying to make something out of it. Oh but, yeah, yeah, but you can't do that yeah, every that's down. That's like a punt or a field goal attempt, anyway. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, but they were doing it yeah. all game. They were. They were, and and it it was not an entertaining game for me, an enjoyable game yeah. for me. I I literally, I'm going. This is my team, and I want to turn it off. Yeah, you know, I was I was not happy. I was not pleased with their performance. I was not per- and and like I said, BC would have had a ch- on a completely even playing field. BC would have had a challenge beating Edmonton. They didn't need to beat the officials as well. Yeah, well, that definitely was a negative to the game. Oh. Okay, so where are we now? Final score on this one was 41-22 for the Edmonton Eskimos. Charles, Christopher, and William picked BC. Eliminated us from contention. Mark and Chris, 31-24 for Mark and 32-28 for Chris. Mark, you won this one with 12 points. Ooh, nice. Okay. So that's two victories this week. Mark, what the hell? Not quite up to a, 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 a hat trick like Will got the other last week yeah, or well, was the week before. It ends with the next game anyway. So. What ends with the next game? My winning streak up to win. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does. There was only a couple people that were stupid enough to pick Montreal over Saskatchewan. Anyhow, so that's – it's true. It's true. It's very true. Okay, so what happened here? No, that's not what I wanted well, maybe it is. Last game of the season, not season, what am I talking about? The weekend had the um, Montreal Alouettes, who are like 0-2 and two and looking absolutely, totally, completely pathetic, going into Regina to play in the Dragon's Den 
playing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in, uh, in their, oh my God, in Green City. And Montreal came out successful, 23-17. They absolutely, completely just dominated Saskatchewan the entire game. It just, it wasn't an exciting game, but they just shot up the crowd. And that's what you got to do when you're in Regina. Shut them up. Take it away. I don't like their new logo, this bird thing. Anyhow, Montreal's 23, Saskatchewan 17. William, what's going on in this game? Well, you know what? I, I And one of the reasons I picked Montreal is because I wanted to see if uh, – Players on Montreal had some pride, and obviously they showed it after they got shit-kicked by Winnipeg. They came out and they showed that they had a little a little pushback, So, which was nice to see. You know, Drew Willie, for what Drew Willie is, he didn't play that badly when he played. Um, it helps when... Uh, when uh, <laughs> we can't talk about this yet, but it helps when Montreal doesn't really have two cornerbacks. They only have one, and they decide to pick on the other one. And, uh, you know, most guys who let Chris Williams run by you at full speed, they're going to get burnt, man, because he's probably the fastest guy in the CFL still. And uh, Montreal came to play. Their defense came to play. They came to play, and they beat Saskatchewan. I mean, I'm surprised Saskatchewan. It was their. It, I do believe it was their home opener, was it not? Yes, it was, and they shit the bed. And uh, I, I, I don't know what pulling Brandon Bridge at halftime does for a, a rookie or a backup quarterback's confidence, but you got to think it does nothing. And. But Chris Jones is like that. He does what he wants to do, and I thought that was a bad move. I think with a guy like Brandon Bridgman, he's the only thing you got. I think you got to let him work it out. I mean, they lost the game regardless. So um, I was disappointed that he didn't let Brandon Bridge stay in longer. So, but, hey, Montreal won. Good on them. We didn't think they'd win this year. So they proved everybody wrong. With Drew Willie, and now Drew Willie, I don't know if Drew Willie is going to be back or not because he was going through the concussion protocol. But And this Matthews guy hadn't been in camp very long because they did lose their backup. He was the guy from BC last year, wasn't he? Um, I think Jeff Matthews, no. No, no, the guy, their backup quarterback is injured. That's why Jeff Matthews got in. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, he was, yeah, he was in BC last year, right? Schlitz. No, that was Ross that was in BC last year. Schlitz. Was oh, in okay. Sorry. They move around. Was he in Montreal? Okay. So, yeah. So they had a Matthews guy and, and he did enough to win the game. So, Hey, what? Not much more I can say. Um, you know, Montreal should have a good, decent defense because they spent lots of money on it. So, I, you Go know, Montre- Montreal didn't impress the shit out of me, but it just showed how bad the riders really are. Yes, they were. I really thought Saskatchewan was going to be better than that. And they just, they, I, shit the bed is a good description of what happened there. Mark. 
Hey, I fin- I picked Saskatchewan to finish second in the West. <laughs> um, again, and it seems to be a common theme this week. A lot of this came down to coaching decisions. How many times did Deron Carter get burnt on that one long pass? He looked like a fish out of water trying to defend. It's not his fault. People are, you know, yapping about D.C. You're saying that you're the best, you're not, blah, blah, blah. He's a football player. He's going to say that. And he's a mouth. But it's Chris Jones. Why have you got one of the top receivers in the CFL playing defensive back and not even at a Canadian position? You can't find an American defensive back? For like a year and a half now they've been experimenting with Duran doing this. It's just stupid. He was taking dumb penalties for his mouth and rough play and that were leading to points. A lot of it is on Chris Jones on this one. And of course he was gonna put the blame on the players and say they have to be better. And they do. Brandon Bridge showed that he's not as good as everybody thought he was especially in Saskatchewan. He was mediocre at best. I wouldn't have pulled him. The guy's got to get some reps in as a starter. One half is not going to do it. And apparently, reading on Twitter, uh, at halftime, somebody yelled down to Bridge about what happened, why did they pull you? And he pointed at Chris Jones, shook his head, and just kept on walking. So if... That kind of stuff is going to start. It's just going to explode in that city. There's way too many egos on that team. They've got to play better than that. That's to, that to lose to Drew Willie at 150 yards and Matthews at 98. Um, one play was 110. How, what was that pass? 105 yards or 100 yards? One throw. Has anybody got the stats there? I'm looking. I got my mic turned off because I'm chewing, so I didn't want to uh, uh, really get get going here. Um, Montreal. The Chris Williams. Chris the Williams' Chris play Williams. was uh, his longest uh, was 79 yards. Okay, 80 yards, and that was from Willie, and Willie only had 150 yards passing. Yeah. So over Chris Williams had on three receptions for 130 yards. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the way Montreal or Saskatchewan's defense played. This is all, other than Deron Carter, they played decent defense. When you can only score 17 points against Montreal, there's problems in Saskatchewan. That's, that's an embarrassing game. And on the one good thing with the game was it was the Humboldt game, which was really good. It was really classy. But again, those stands weren't anywhere near full. And, Will, this wasn't the home opener. This is their second second home game they've had. And neither game's been sold out. So it's across the yeah, board. Yeah, but right I, I, heard that game, I heard that game was sold out. I heard there was 33,000 people there. 33,000 tickets sold. Saskatchewan. Um, yeah, no, there was 33,000 tickets sold. But if you look at every single clip of the game, there's no way. That sold out. Like ticket-wise, it is, but uh, butts in the stands, not a chance. 
and some of the, the Piffles guys have even been making comments about it. Saskatchewan's not doing hunky-dory. There's no more wait list for season tickets. Uh, they've completely gotten rid of that. You can get tickets to all the games now. So the Chris Jones experiment better end in a hurry. Like I had said on Twitter uh, to you guys earlier, I think it was today, the hashtag Fire Jones on Twitter is utterly hilarious, and it's huge. It's just post after post after post. Rider fans are done with him. There's still a few that think he's doing what he needs to do to rebuild the team. But you're going his into third week year. Four. This is his you're third year. Week, you were in week four of his third year. He's yeah. still experimenting. He doesn't have an offensive line. He's stacked the defense. And then he throws his number two receiver onto defensive back. Even though he stacked the defense in the offseason, brought in all these guys, drafted all these guys, he drafts an O-lineman that's never going to play in the CFL. It's just bad decisions by the general manager, not the coach. This is the GM that's making a lot of these bad decisions. He, the experiment should end or it should be real close to ending if they want to salvage the season. And I know it's only one loss, but the fans are starting to turn. And when the fans in Saskatchewan turn, it can get pretty nasty. So that's about it. Personally, I think Chris Jones is a good coach. Okay, He's a great I coach. I just don't think he's ever had the ability. I mean, they, they threw him in as the VP of football operations and – general manager when he went to Saskatchewan uh, from head coach in Edmonton where he won a Grey Cup Uh, but he's never had any general manager experience there's no assistant general manager there's no none none of this has ever been there I mean head coach and general manager in this league historically does not work it does not work it very 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 few people have ever been able to pull that off Huff is one of them. Wally Buono was another one. But realistically, I mean, how many guys that have done both coach and general manager have been successful? Ken Austin was a total clusterfuck. I mean, it just, you don't do it. There is two different positions. It, 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 it's like having somebody play, playing receiver and defensive back. They're two different positions. You can't do it. And, and that's not even a fair comparison because at least they're similar in, in the fact one's covering the other, where a GM and a coach are totally different positions. I don't know. I don't like it at all. Chris, what's your take on this game, buddy? Uh, surprise and awe. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. It was, uh, yeah, I just thought Saskatchewan was going to be so much better than what they they are. And, wow, I mean, to lose at home against Montreal, I, I just I just shake my head like, holy jeez. Well, and, I mean, Jones has never liked Bridge. He's, he's just like Durant. He's never been very good at hiding or covering up his opinions of certain things. And I think that he was looking for a reason to pull Bridge. I'm amazed he even started him, to be honest with you. Uh, Bridge has got to get out of that town if he wants to to succeed. I, I don't. It's not going to happen there for him. 
And uh, what do you say? I just what what are they doing? <laughs> like, what are they doing? Uh, I mean, Montreal didn't look too bad. I, I, they deserved the win, but but I don't think Montreal's beating anybody else anytime soon either. So I, I don't think they fixed anything. I think they just to the point where it it worked. And uh, but oh my goodness, what a what a mess that was for Saskatchewan. I don't know. I guess we got to wait till this week and see how both those teams do against other teams to see what happened. But, uh, wow, being beat by Drew Willie, And then not even Drew Willie by Jeff Matthews, who's been in camp for, what, two weeks, week? I don't know. It's just craziness, absolute craziness. So um, it was an entertaining game. It was only on the fact that Saskatchewan played so poorly at home that the fans couldn't even cheer. That always makes me smile. Even though I pick Saskatchewan to win, that's why I don't ever mind picking Saskatchewan because if they lose, I'm still happy. So there you go. That's all I had to say about that game. Is just wow. Well, next next week Saskatchewan's playing Hamilton. Who's going to pick the Riders? Not this game. <laughs> not too many. No, nope. not, not going to happen. Not. Montreal's playing Ottawa. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody's going to be picking Montreal either. So, well, I guess go. it's now a race. Yeah, I guess it's a race to the bottom for those two. Who's going to be the worst? I, I thought Montreal had that one beat hands down, but uh, I guess they got some competition now. <laughs> well, Montreal's now got a victory, and so does Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. So, <clears throat> Ottawa and BC only have one victory each, but they only have one loss each, where the other ones have got dropped a couple. Just give yeah. BC and Ottawa some time. They'll catch up to those losses. You know, it's a terrible thing. Every time Saskatchewan wins or loses, I, I hate to be like this, but I got this huge smile on my face for hours afterwards, okay? Yeah. I just hate seeing them ever win. It's a, it's, I think it's the green. It's got to be green. I don't know. I don't like when green teams <laughs> win. It's the fans, to be honest with you. That's what it is. A lot of everything. Yep. Okay, so final score was 23-17 for the Montreal Alouettes. It was not a glorious victory. It wasn't a dominant victory, but it was, as Will puts it, it's a win. And that's all that matters. So Charles picks Saskatchewan. Mark picks Saskatchewan. Chris picks Saskatchewan. There's only two idiots that picked Montreal, and that was Will and CJ. Will, you picked 27-14. 23-17 was the final score. You're up by seven points, buddy. That was close. Wow. CJ picked 21-18. I was out by three. I was out by three points. I get a victory this week. CJ is down there on the last game. See, look at that. Picked it, picked it, picked it. I'm so excited. I'm so awesome. Nah, right. And in reality, and in reality, I should have won that game. But you just picked it so I wouldn't have an easy win in case they did. Because <laughs> you had nothing hate- to lose. Well, I hate both teams. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, because you would have just, just, just got a simple, it, it, easy win. Well, but then I, you didn't. Go, you didn't double that up when I took Ottawa over Calgary. You didn't come out there and we take should, Calgary. We should, look and, we should look and see when was the last time Drew Willie had a 
victory in the CFL. It's got to be a while. Do you count this as his victory? Well, at least half a victory. Don't you have to play part of the game, most of the game, or some of the well, game? He did. He he did, played a good two quarters, didn't he? I can't remember when he got hurt. So, if you look at the stats for the game, um, you know they weren't his. Well, he had 150 yards passing. He had most most of the passing yards. <laughs> yeah, but a 53 percent average percentage completion. Well, all about the win, baby. Doesn't matter about percentages. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's just one one little pass to Chris Williams, and Chris Williams did the rest. <laughs> Don Davis looked okay in relief. Relief of who? Yes, he did. I was thinking the Ottawa game. He looked okay in relief. And then Matthews yesterday looked okay in relief. Maybe these third string guys are going to start doing it because that's yeah. what they're down to. A lot, a lot of teams are on third string quarterbacks right now. Yeah, and some of us are on first string quarterbacks and not doing very well. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. Let's do something different. Hey, okay, jumping over to something other than this. Happy Canada Day. After the loss to Montreal, the Riders find themselves in the bottom of the latest power rankings. Oh, power rankings. I didn't even look at any power rankings this thing. Did you guys check out the power rankings? This should be fun. Oh, yeah. I don't mind where we are. I cannot believe that anybody would have Saskatchewan any higher than the bottom. I mean, in reality, how could you? Oh, Okay, so what do we got? Three down nations, power rankings. Here we got. We got Calgary number one. We got Hamilton number two. Hard to argue. Uh, Edmonton Eskimos there. Anything but a power ranking. Uh, Ottawa number four. Winnipeg in five. BC in six. Toronto in seven. Montreal in eight. And Saskatchewan in nine. I'm really having difficulties finding fault here. Now, this isn't the CFL uh, power rankings, but, you know, that was uh, three down nations. Uh, what do you guys think of this? I think they got it close to spot on, really. I don't – you know, you can flip Winnipeg and B.C. You can flip a few teams in one position, but reality is you can make an easy argument for every single one of those rankings. So, Yeah. Of course, it's got the fans going right away because, you know, well, they've got this many wins or they beat that team. and It's nothing to do with what happened last week. It's this week and then going forward. I don't know why people can't get that. It's this week, this moment in time. Right now. I was talking to a guy we had. We were discussing Belton Johnson's power rankings. <laughs> And he doesn't, this guy didn't think Calgary should be in first. He thought BC should be in first. What? And I, you heard me and I didn't, and I didn't even argue with him because when a guy, you know, there's just, there's nothing. I I got nothing. Okay. Obviously, obviously 
there's an issue with him, okay, or I just didn't want to even listen to his reasoning. So I would go no toe, to, toe with him on that argument. Yeah, as, but as a, I just didn't. Stupid people aggravate me. Sorry. Ah, oh, BC, I, I, I'm happy with them in sixth place. You Seriously. could almost put Hamilton over top of Calgary. You could, but we're not going to. <laughs> you could, you look at but we're not this going week's to. Game. Just this yeah. week's game. Yeah. So where was this idiot that was arguing on Belton's uh, power rankings? Because it's not on the Let's Talk group. You don't know? Yeah, it was on Let's Talk. He always posts on there. It'll be on yeah. the Let's Talk Saskatchewan Rough Riders for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I have one big thing. How did Montreal even win when their coach can't deal with a headset? <laughs> That's the best video in a while. Seriously? <laughs> how, how is that even remotely possible? This guy got so messed up, he had to have somebody come over and help him out get this to get out of his headset. He just... I, <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely too unbelievable. excited about the win. Just got too excited. They 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 finally got the headset off them and then they could uh they could do the uh Gatorade, Gatorade. dunk on them. So it was on a different website where I was talking to this guy. His name was Colin Moonen and he's a BC fan. Yeah, so. I have no no idea who that is, and and couldn't not care less. Because uh, anybody who thinks that BC should be any higher than sixth place really has some issues in their reality. Because they haven't deserved or haven't earned anything other than that. I mean, okay, you could argue with the concept of them being up there with. Um, Ottawa being one and one. Okay. So, and Bombers, I don't know. I think Bombers should be thankful that they're in fifth place. Uh, I think you could turn around and take fourth, fifth, and sixth with uh, Ottawa, Winnipeg, and BC and mix them all up and pull names out of the hat, and it wouldn't really make much difference. And, and nobody could argue with that. Mark can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. No, nope. no, nope, nobody. The big thing, really, with this, though, is Saskatchewan going forward. They don't have any depth. Some of the guys I've been arguing with on Twitter about the riders, and especially about Sam Hurl, because I've been having fun with that with a couple of the guys. And they keep telling me that he's just there short term. First it was he wasn't going to be a starter. Then it was just until Cameron Judge got up to speed. Now it's, well, you know, he hasn't played that bad. Show me a play where he hasn't played that bad. Okay, so he's your starter going forward. And as I know very well, when Sam Hurl's your starting middle linebacker, your defense is going to be in a little bit of trouble. They've got a great front four. But then when you move into the backfield, you take out one corner, and Ron Carter is your best corner, I guess. 
their offensive line is horrible. When Brandon Bridge, who's famous for running around, can't buy time by running around because the guys are getting in the backfield within one step, these are all things we said that they needed to fix. Everybody's been saying they needed to fix in the off season. They still haven't fixed. Their Canadian depth is ridiculous. It's where the Bombers were five, five or six years ago. Their depth is horrible at Canadian. They're rushing in rookies. The, the blender is starting to come out in Saskatchewan again where he's going to start bringing in guys left, right, and center. He's now brought in, today he brought in an American D-back and a Canadian offensive lineman. So he's trying to shore up, again, the offensive line. But he's going to keep the same system where he's going to take guys and put them out of position. It's just, it's Chris Jones. They want to fix it. They have to do what Hamilton did, and they can't wait as long as Hamilton did to do it. Well, They've if, got the fight not... coming up, and they need to fix a lot in that bye week. If, so, I, if I'm not wrong, yeah, if I'm not wrong, didn't they say that they actually had no backup O-linemen in that game? They, that if one of them went none. down, that the Eddie Steele was going to be the next O-lineman? That's right, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's yeah, that's horrible. There's no depth at all. Wow. It's like Joe Mack morphed himself into Chris Jones or something. It, wow. it, there's no depth anywhere. When they said that, oh, I knew the Canadian was uh, depth was a mess, but man, oh man, you've got a kidney. You had five O linemen, really? That was what you dressed, and and your next guy's Eddie Steele. I mean, I know Calgary ended up there, but they also lost three guys in one game. Like they they didn't even have an injury on the O line, did they? Like, was that what they actually went into that game with? Was no backup O lineman? I'm pretty sure that's how it was. They wow. may have had an injury, well, at least, but even if you have an injury, you only have one. Yeah, yeah no but kidding. but wow. their 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 sixth uh, their sixth offensive lineman was listed uh, Deron Carter, but he was playing cornerback. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, mm. he can do it all, folks. Yeah, I oh, don't man. know about this. And it's great fun on Twitter watching or reading Deron Carter fighting with other football players. It's not just fans now. It's other football players that are absolutely trashing him, and he keeps coming back at them, and it's quite entertaining. He still thinks he's one of the best. You know, I didn't think about it till till now, but I I really think – I'm not sure who made the comment, but I I think this could turn into a real mess real quick. There's a lot of egos on that team. Whoever said that is right, and, man, they're going to start – Getting at he, they're going to start infighting. They're going to start picking each other apart. Oof, it's going to be a nasty. Yeah, that was me with Bridge. If the quarterback is pointing at the coach and oh, shaking yeah. his head over a decision, well, and he's doing and, that and in front the, of the fans. And you got to figure there's guys that are probably sitting there questioning his decision about Deron Carter, and Deron Carter's probably telling them, like. You can just see the infighting starting now. Like, there's too many egos, and all this. Like, there's going to be finger pointing, and it's going to. It could get really ugly really quick for Saskatchewan, man. Woo! I never even thought of it, but boy, 
you start thinking about the personalities they got, and wow, they could get ugly. And even in the game against Montreal, did Jerome miss some dress? Uh, yeah, he yes, was there he dressed. dressed, but he did not. Did he, play? he did not touch the ball. Nope. No, he didn't touch the field. It's it's it all starts at Chris Jones. He's doing mm-hmm. some really really strange decisions. Well, I'm pretty sure I saw a shot of when Deron Carter got beat the second time down the sidelines. The camera was kind of coming up from the back, and you could see a shot of Ed Ganey grabbing his head and just shaking his head like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah, like It was just a body language, but I saw it pretty clear. I mean, he, grabbed, he reached up and grabbed his head and just like shook like, what the hell did I just get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, actually, you need guys you should read the Rod Peterson article about... Um, Which, the out of the tunnel? Or, Out of the tunnel. What the hell just yeah, happened? Yeah, I read that one today. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The Rod Peterson, the terrorist strip? Oh, I know. I mean, this just goes against everything. Uh, <laughs> Montreal ended two streaks with this victory. A 13-game losing streak, which would have tied the all-time losing Shreve- streak of the Shreveport Pirates, Pirates. of 14 yeah. straight games. And they also, this is their first road win since November of 2016. Yep. The first yep. road victory in For two Montreal. years, a year and a half. That is ridiculous. And they did it in yep. Saskatchewan. You know yep. who impressed me the most in this game? Stefan Logan. Mm. Yep, he's still going. Man, he does not. He does not stop going. He just nope, like he's the Energizer Bunny. He likes to play. There's old. no doubt about it. And yeah. and he's still got it. He's still got a fifth gear too. Yeah, yeah. He just absolutely just poured it on. No, uh, scary, scary, scary game. And again, there was coaching. Because Christian Jones, the kick returner, who is dynamite for Saskatchewan, um, Montreal missed a field goal. Chris Jones takes the ball at 35 instead of a kickoff to a guy who can bust it for a touchdown on almost every single kickoff. He took it at the 35. Yeah. Montreal, they're putting it in the hands of how old did you say Logan is? 39? 36. 34? 36. 36. 36. 36. Okay, they're putting the ball, they want the ball in the hands of a 36-year-old. Saskatchewan doesn't want the ball in the hands of a guy that's probably 24, 25, and has speed to burn. It's coaching. It's coaching. Okay, I'm done with the riders. Mm-hmm. Canada came and, get, came and went but there was no CFL games on the nation's birthday. <clears throat> Does it not make sense to have at least one game, one CFL game on Canada Day? Okay, I want to uh, touch this for a second because <clears throat> I don't like Monday games on long weekends. I don't care whether it's Labor Day, Canada Day. I don't give a shit. It makes a short week for at least one team, if not two. 
It just messes things up. Play the games on Friday and Saturday night where they belong and leave Monday alone. Leave Monday for the families to go off and be together and do whatever they want. You don't need to watch football on a Monday night. That's personally my opinion. What's that? This would have been a Sunday. July 1st was a Sunday. Uh, Okay. It's a long weekend made for a Monday, so why not? They could have had it on a Sunday. Yeah, no. But they could have. They didn't. It still makes Sunday games still make a short week if you're turning around and returning back on a Friday night. Or worse, a Thursday. Or do proper scheduling and bring them back in on the Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not going to happen. Anyhow, go ahead, Mark. What do you think? Did they drop? <laughs> did, think the, did the league drop the ball? I don't know if they necessarily dropped the ball, but to a degree they did because there should be a game. Last year in Regina for the home opener and an on Canada Day, it was just an amazing atmosphere. Whether they do it so it's Ottawa kind of thing that has the home game on Canada Day to tie that whole thing in or Whatever, I think it being a long weekend, having it on, the, it, especially when Canada Day falls on the Sunday, they easily could have played a game on the Sunday, and then it doesn't have to necessarily be a short week if you're playing again on Saturday. That's only one day. And with no padded practices allowed now, you're not going to have a guy injured from being back in the pads right away. Because you know, their padded practices are done. So there's no reason they couldn't. I, we thought, we, my wife and I were actually talking about it. It was, just seemed kind of weird because um, last year on Canada Day, we were in Regina for the football game, for the home opener. And it was, the atmosphere was crazy because everybody's off for the weekend. It was just so much fun. And it's a great marketing tool. You know, the Canadian part of and it's Canada Day and everything else is a good marketing tool. I don't know if they necessarily drop the ball on it because it's not like there's a has to be a sporting event in the States for July fourth or anything like that. I just thought it'd be an extra marketing thing. Wanna we'll see if Hell could use any marketing help they can get. That's about it. Okay. <clears throat> well, did you want football on Sunday on Canada Day? Does it matter to you? You want football on every day of the week. I know that. We I can't have that every games. day of the week. Yeah, but, we can't have that. But I, I think it's kind of silly to have it on Canada Day because so many people and families do their own thing and they don't want to go to a football game. So I think the crowd would be small, to be honest with you. I really believe the CFL should stick to Friday night and Saturday night games. And when it gets colder, you do it on Sunday. Because that's the way it seems to work. Because, I mean, the crowds, I I would think that the attendance in the CFL increases after Labor Day. Because people are not on vacation. They're not going to the cottage. They're not doing those kind of things. And uh, I think I don't care if it's on Canada Day. Who cares? I mean, it's kind of silly. But, yeah, I wouldn't have it on Canada Day. It didn't matter to me. If Calgary was playing on Canada Day, yeah, I would be there, of course. But, uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't think we should. 
or it doesn't really matter to me. Do what's it like. Okay. Chris, what's your thoughts on this one, buddy? Oh, I agree with Will. Um, I think it would have been fine if they did, and I'm fine that they didn't. I, uh, I mean, it, it's essentially always thought of as a weekend anyway, so they were all candidate games in the end, really, and lots of people took Friday as well as Monday. So, um, yeah, no, I, I like the schedule, and, and I I think that uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is a good system. And, um, I mean, I would have been fine with a Sunday game. Like, if it wasn't a doubleheader on Friday and they did one each day, I would have been fine with that too. The doubleheader sometimes cut into your time a little bit on a Friday. You got to watch two games back to back. I mean, I like being watching that much football, but it could cause problems at home and stuff sometimes when you're watching football for that long. But, um, but again, Sunday, lots of people do other things on Sunday. So having to, to watch the game or go to the game, I mean, again, mine's unique cause I watch everything on TV. I don't have access to a game really. So, um, going to a game is a different thought, I guess, but for watching, doesn't really matter. I I I, I liked uh, the the weekend as it was, and I never really gave it much thought till it came up as a question on the agenda. And uh, I would have been fine with a Sunday game, but I was fine with the way it was. Okay, that's pretty much the consensus there. Eh, six of one half dozen the other. I prefer not having Sunday games. Period. At least, uh, as Will says, during the summertime. It's nice to have them in the afternoon games in the when it gets a little colder so that the outdoor guys don't have to freeze their nuts off at night. Um, I'm all about that, but this is it. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Moving on. Kyrie Seabear has been suspended one game for his hit on Devarius Daniels. A repeat offender is a punishment fair. I want to know why he is still in the CFL. No, the punishment's not fair. This is a, like he said, repeat, multiple repeat offender of headshots. He should not be allowed to play for the rest of the season. It should be game over for him. He should be retired. Just get him out of this league. I I, I don't know what to say. I'm not a fan of Kyrie Seabair. I know him personally. I don't like the guy. That's my opinion. Mark. I'm a fan of Kyrie Seabair when he plays the game the right way. When you consider his age, the shape he's in, the level of play he's at, it's amazing. It's truly. at, At least once or twice a year, he does this. It's the same as when Ed Fillion was playing. Great guy, great player. Loved to injure people and tried to take out their careers. And that's what Hebert is doing. He's trying to take careers away. The way he plays. Now, I was just reading an article. One of the Ottawa players is defending him. And Why? This is this is a player that had a headshot from Kyrie's Haybear when Haybear was still in Montreal. Yeah. I I didn't even want to read the article, so I only read a little bit of it simply because okay, 
you're defending a guy who gave you a headshot? Sorry, but I don't really value your opinion. I really don't when you're defending a guy who gave you a headshot. Kyrie's hey bear only getting one game. And this is what, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time he's done this? Just with the headshot, never mind any kind of other dirty play. Like the John Cornish wasn't a headshot because it wasn't helmet to helmet. It was a clothesline from hell. Uh, he's got to be out of the game. But for whatever reason, I guess they could say because there's no precedent, maybe. They just let this guy go. One game, he should be getting at least two or three. I know that's unheard of in the CFL, but maybe they're all big on the player safety. That's all we hear about. They're ending this kind of, they're ending padded practices for player safety. But then they suspend a guy who, there's one pitcher, he is completely straight out but five feet off the ground, and his head is the first thing hitting. That's textbook two or three game suspension. But again, it's the CFL. Let's give him one game. It's ridiculous. I blame the CFL as much as I blame the players when stuff like this happens. You know, oh, they got the maximum fine. Well, it's like 250 bucks. But hey, Bear should be out for at least two or three games. And I fully agree with you, Christopher. He should be out of the CFL. You know, he's ending guys' careers now. Luckily, Daniels jumped right up and was jawing at him. And maybe that's why. Like, I don't understand why he wasn't kicked out of the game. Never mind suspended for three or four. He didn't even get kicked out of the game for that. I keep hearing this mantra about player safety. And he didn't even get kicked out of the game for intentional... Trying to injure It's ridiculous No, he should be out Go ahead Chris Former player Player safety Is it important to you? Yes it is It is important to me Um, I don't know I, I, I struggle with this one Because there isn't precedent for it then never has a player been forced to retire or kicked out. It has happened in hockey, but it's never happened in CFL football. Um, they always the default is is that intent so hard to, uh, to, to 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 handle, right? How do you talk about his intent? What was his intent? And that'll be the defense that's always being used. I don't totally buy that because because of his past history, we know what his intent is. I, I think we I think we do. Um and then there's the well it's football, it's emotional, it happens in the heat of the moment, blah blah blah. The guy purposely launched himself with his head. Like he's old enough and then played this game long enough to know that that's against the rules. Uh and it it's didn't dangerous need to for both people. Yeah, and it didn't need to happen. There was already somebody at Daniel's legs. Like he was, Daniel was going to go down. There was no escaping. He was wrapped up in the bottom, which made this hit even worse because it was a half and half hit. And uh, I, I, I mean, I hate it. I detest it. I am not a fan of Hibbert. Um I, I would love to see him retire and leave the league um, because I think his play doesn't belong here anymore. 
Um, I have almost the same opinion of Chip, Chip Cox, to be honest with you. But um, as, as for the league forcing it, I, I just I don't I don't know. Um, I don't well, think I, don't I would think the be totally supportive of it. I don't no. think the league can force him, but I really think that the teams, the general managers, the owners and stuff, if they're truly committed to player safety, they wouldn't be offering this man a contract. Yeah, that would be how it had to work, I guess, yeah. Right? It has yeah, to come down I, to the simple I, I, fact is the Ottawa team right now has to say, you know what, your behavior on our team is disrespectful to this league. We no longer require your services. Have a nice day. And nobody else pick them up. And nobody else pick them up. The problem is, is there's always some idiot out there that wants to pick them up. I mean, he left Montreal, and Ottawa jumped on him. We all knew. Yeah, I thought he was done when he, he left like. in Montreal. When he left yeah. Montreal, I thought it was his career was over. And yet, within 48 hours, he was signed by the Ottawa Rough Riders. Or Ottawa Red Blacks, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 at least they didn't wait. The one thing I will give the league is they didn't wait very long. They announced the suspension immediately. They didn't wait till Monday or Tuesday. or uh, They took control of it right away. And, I mean, one game in the CFL is like three games in other sports. So I would have preferred to see two or three. Uh, I understand the one game, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe what would make me happy is if Ottawa came back and said they were going to sit him for an extra game on top of it and show that they were serious about it as well. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible situation to be in and it shouldn't happen. And uh, I do hope he just retires at some point and leaves. So it's done because he's one of the few old players that still do that. You know, like he's still one of the old school players or one of the last old school players that do that. And we're, we're, we're weeding it out at the lower levels, So you're not seeing it now coming up from the rookies, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would have been fine with a three-game suspension. I guess I'll have to say I'm okay with a one-game suspension. What I would love to see maybe is Ottawa. Yeah, disappointed. And I would like to see Ottawa maybe add a game to it and show that they're serious about it too. That would be okay, I guess. But I just would hope he retires this, this after this year maybe or something because it, do, it doesn't need to be in the game anymore. It does. It, it disgusts me to watch that. I mean, he launched himself at, 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 at him for no reason. There was no need for that kind of hit. Daniels was already going down because he had the player wrapped around his legs. Zero reason for that play other than to be a dick, like just to, to, to prove a point and hit hard. Um, yeah. I mean, he could have still hit him legally and cleaned his clock. He just didn't need to do that. Like, I don't understand it. I don't understand it because I would never do it myself. And when when it's like stuff like that, it's how do you even make it make sense to you when you when you it doesn't, right? Like, what the hell is he thinking? What, what's he doing? Why is he doing it? And And that, so, yeah, it is what it is. I'll take the one game. At least it was quick and it was decisive, and they're making a point about it. I hope he goes away at some point, or that Ottawa shows some moxie and does some stuff themselves. Yeah, I, I, I don't see that happening at this point in time. Ottawa is not going to shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, we, we've no. seen that before, and I, I've yet to see a team sit their own player. Yeah, I know. It would just be nice. It, 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 would, it would be very refreshing. I just don't see it happening anytime soon. I agree with you, yeah. Okay. William. 
I know you're a Kyrie Bear fan. What's you your thoughts what? on this one game? Was you it know enough? what? I I I get angry. I get angry at every St. Peter's game when I see when I see John Corners playing playing for all intents and purposes. He's a Stampeder cheerleader now. He runs up and down the field and he throws balls into the stands and I guess it's great PR. But for all intents and purposes, Hibert ended John Cornish's career. It wasn't in that game. A season later, he ended his career because John Cornish was never the same. And he was, you know what, he was one of the best running backs ever in CFL history. And then to see him do that to Devarius Daniels, you know, this guy has had a how many season career? 10 years, 13 years. Why don't you give some other guys a chance to have their careers, okay? Instead, you're a... And I'm sorry, he's a he's a classless, low-life piece of shit as far as I'm concerned. If you go out with the intent, and I don't know the guy, I don't know what he's like. If you go to, out to intent to injure somebody, you're an ass. You're an asshat. You, you don't belong in the league anymore. And I'm surprised players don't take care of him, okay? Because he does it on a regular basis. One game, as far as I'm concerned, is not enough. I think he should have been out for the rest of the year. And I just, I just, I get angry when I see stuff like that because you can play physical football and you can have great hits and you can do it within limits. But this guy the other night literally launched himself through the air like a missile, crown of his helmet, dead on, and it hit him in the head. Luckily, Devarius Daniels got up. So... I, 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 it just, it just angers me to no end. And I could care less if he ever plays another game as long as I'm around. Cause he's an ass. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I wish someone could defend him, but he's done it on a regular basis. So, you know, let's leave it at that. Okay. Mark, do you have some interesting input in this or is it a lot of the same? It's pretty much the same. I just I equate it with Ed Fillion. I hate the way Ed Fillion played football. The fake flop on the ground and then rolling into the back of a quarterback's legs. He did that his whole career. That's the kind of stuff. It, it just drives me nuts. Get him out of the league. Whether you kick him out of the league or you come down hard and you suspend him for four, five, six games. He's a repeat offender. One game is an embarrassment. It really is. That's it. Okay. Well, we, we, we're running out of time on our um, truncated show tonight, and uh, I, I'm done with Tyrese Bear. I was done with him several years ago, and I have no use for the man in this football game. In my league, he shouldn't be there. So uh, I'm done with him totally. Segment eight, BC Lions O-lineman Joe Von Oyafiole. Yeah, I screwed it up. I know it. Just leave me alone. Is having issues finding housing for the season due to the high demand in greater Vancouver housing market. Should the team bear any responsibility for helping to find their players housing for the season? Wow. Would that not constitute salary teams do already do they not with housing allowances 
Okay. Built so, into the contract? Wouldn't it be it, because the, the housing market or the housing problem in Vancouver is never going to get better? Okay? Never. If never. anything, it's going to get worse. Okay? There's no, there's no real estate bust, boom or bust happening in Vancouver right now. It's only on its up, uphill sl- slope, and it's, it's not coming back down. We all know this. Nobody's, it's not a surprise. Do you not think it would be in the best interest of the BC Lions to go off and buy a house and retain uh, some rooms for these players to do this, uh, something like that? I don't know. Uh, Saskatchewan's done it. Um, you know, something. They have to help these guys out and get some rooms. I don't, I, I don't mind doing that. Joe Vaughn probably shouldn't have an issue finding a place to stay. Um, what? Why can't he find a place to stay? There's got to be rental properties available to him. I mean, especially in Surrey, close to the training facility. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to live in Surrey, and I can't blame him. That'd be like living in Winnipeg. Um, I don't know. William. I had to get away from Mark there for a second. Uh, William. Yes. Come on. Should the BC um, Lions be responsible for finding these guys some housing or helping them with their housing? I guess they should be. I mean, but <laughs> in the B, I mean, where where explain to me because I'm not a BC guy. Where do the Lions practice at? The the in Wally in 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 the in the low life area of Surrey. Okay, what's Surrey close to? What is Surrey than, close to? Other than well, Vancouver. The the Surrey training facility is, is within a two- or three-minute walk from the Sky train station. So literally it's from anywhere in the lower mainland. You can get there by, uh, by transit, never mind uh, a vehicle. They're right on the other side of the bridge from New Westminster slash Burnaby Coquitlam. Uh, there's lots of different options for these players to do. Uh, I know a lot of the players like Andrew Harris wanted to live downtown because he wanted to party down there all the time. And he would take the train out to the track to, uh, practice facility and then go back downtown. And he would also be very close to his home games by living in Yale town, which is right beside BC play stadium. So, you know, there's a couple of different thoughts patterns. Um, What's his name? Um, Travis Lule actually lives in um, Washington State, which is only a 20-minute drive from the Vancouver uh, BC Lions practice facility. 20 minutes, and in another country. So I think he's got lots of options. Could he not live in? Could he not live in Abbotsford? He could live in Abbotsford. I think Abbotsford to the Surrey tra- practice facility would be a very long drive. Okay. Well, uh, so it, it, it would be better part of an hour away. But but things are much cheaper in Abbotsford, are they not? I I don't think you get things cheap in Abbotsford in comparison to getting things cheap in Wally. It's just um, okay. the the um, it's it's like living in Harlem during the seventies. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do yeah, the seventies. I still lived with my parents, so. Yeah, um, I know. So it, it's just, it's not a nice place to stay. It's not a nice place to live. 
Um, but I'm sure there's places, you know, just outskirt out, outside of the, that area that there, there's got to be, it can't be that bad. I think his expectations are too high. So why would it be the team's responsibility to help him? I don't know. I'm having issues with this one. We got well, about four but, minutes left. Yeah. Okay. Chris, what do you think? Did Calgary help you out with your housing in, in Calgary? No. No. The Band-Aid squad, they, uh, we were fend for ourselves. I slept on uh, somebody's uh, fr- a friend's floor and, uh, and, uh, on a mat- with a mattress because I couldn't afford a place anyway, not with what we were making. Okay. But, I mean, he's a starter. It's a little bit different. I guess the question comes down to, if the guy can't stay there because he can't live there, but you need him to play football for him, well, then I guess you are responsible to find him a place to live. I agree with you, though. They should just buy a house or two. And not in a bad sense like we would talk about Saskatchewan, hiding people. I mean, I just think that they should have a place to put people that they want to play for them. Because I don't know how anybody could be on the PR for BC, unless they live in Wally, I guess. But even then, like I said, they don't pay enough to even, like you don't make enough to, to live. You're you're mooching and you're living on floors and couches because you're not making diddly squat. Make more working at Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand it, and I, I don't don't disagree with that. And I <clears throat> the conversation with the pra- practice roster didn't even come up. But yes, I mean, how yeah. do those guys afford to stay in Vancouver or in the Greater Vancouver area when they're making thirty five dollars a day or something stupid like this? It's ridiculous. You know, a lot of the bombers you get for guys in a two-bedroom apartment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can afford what you can afford, right? So, so, I mean, the guy's a starter. I mean, he should be able to find a place to stay. But I don't think it's anything wrong with a a team having a team house either. It makes sense and it helps you keep people. In the article, it says that he said his biggest problem is finding a place on a six-month lease. They Mm -hmm. just don't have them in Vancouver. Yeah, right, they, they don't want to give up a place for children. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a high risk of moving in a month or two in case he gets traded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're under 90 seconds left in the game. We're going to wrap, or in this show, we're going to wrap this one up really fast, guys. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 259. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. Sorry about the technical difficulties in the beginning and uh, that growling by Chris. Uh, but. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we'll see you guys on uh, Wednesday night when we preview this coming week's uh, games. Uh, You guys take care. Have a good one. And uh, say good night, Mark. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. And BC sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Winnipeg's not doing much better, are they? Chris, go ahead. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Uh, Sorry for being late again, but I look forward to talking to you on Wednesday. And William, give us some wisdom. Good night, everybody. See you on Wednesday, and go Owls, go. Go Owls, yeah. We're going to pick the Owls again. No, maybe not. Okay, you guys take care. Have a great one, and Charles didn't make it. Too bad. Take care.